welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David. With me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, all right, all right, all right. You ready to get back in the books, man? You ready to like, you know, take some spice and maybe just like roll around with a rock in the vessel? silence there i'm geo get it oh that's right you're staring (laughs) staring uh solemnly (laughs) unmovingly the rock in the family the rock oh boy all right folks well it's time for some books it's time for some literature to prove that we are not uncultured swine on this podcast uh, we're we're going to be diving back into the High Republic, uh, the Fallen Star, written by Claudia Gray, the great Claudia, so amazing in everything she does, just perfection every time. Well, you know we'll we'll get into it, but you know Cla- <laughs> Claudia Gray has been a kind of a favorite on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the the first book she wrote in High Republic was. Ah, shoot, what was that called? Um, Into the Dark. Yeah, it's right over there on my bookshelf. Into the Dark, which um, <clears throat> was kind of our introduction into the Dren Gear, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the comic fodder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For lack of the, better the, words. The cool villains. Mm, yes. Back when life was simpler and we could call Martian Roe, Martian Roe instead of Marquion Roe and... Before we started uh, pronouncing the Nihil, the, the Nile, uh, for some reason, um, before things started to change. Yeah, back when we thought, uh, you know, the Drengear were stupid. Boy, were we wrong. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did kind of think that the Drengear were kind of dumb at the time, didn't we? But uh, then we read the comics. For a little bit. Then we kind of read the comics and we're like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. And it's okay. And it's done. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's okay to change your mind. I mean, it's it's okay to... Sometimes you just have to get into things, and you'll like things more or less, depending. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we wound up enjoying the High Republic comics quite a bit, and kind of having not as great of an opinion on the, on the books, in some cases. In some cases. Yeah, except for like the young adults novels for some reason. Vernestra, because of <laughs> Vernestra Rowe. That's yeah. the reason why we liked it, I think. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> and the supporting characters were always just better fleshed out for some reason in some of her stories. Yeah, and, and I, I will say this. I, I will give High Republic one thing. It has created pretty clearly defined characters. Like, you know kind yes. of how they are, what they stand for. We've had our favorites. Um, I guess, uh, well, I mean, who are some of our favorites? Vernestra's been there. I like Belle Zetafar. I like Belle. Uh, who's the other uh, apprentice that ends up Wreath? meeting? Wreath Silas? Silas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wreath wasn't too bad. Uh, Orla Gerini. Yeah. Uh, er- early on, I would say Stellan, until about the second main book <laughs> no no okay let's get that right we like Stellan geos as like some guy that was like mentioned in the first book who gave his power to the cosmic he's song just, and then we were just he's like just goku <laughs> over there throwing a spirit bomb right at avar to throw back at the nile yeah. it was great oh my god they have me saying it now i said nile yeah that's a no yeah. 
Well, uh, I mean, who 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 else? So let, let's let's try and be let's try and be Buriaga. Do you I like, like Buriaga? I did in this book. Okay, I'll so here's much. the thing: <laughs> is it just because he's Wookie? Uh, no, I think it was the the empath thing. You know how much he cared for everybody. I think especially. it's just because he's Wookie. Meh. I, I can see Look, that. Look, everybody loves a Wookiee. <laughs> BK comes around, and then we have to, like, do all the Wookiee stuff. Chewie's the man, you know? It's it's just mainly, I think, just because he's Wookiee. I, I'm, I'm, you know, Buryaga's fine. I, I don't really, um, <clears throat> I don't really like or dislike the, the character. It, it's just kind of meh. Uh, who, who else, though? I mean, you know, El- Elzar uh, was kind of cool in the first book. Kind of a tinkerer, yeah, force I mean, tinkerer. Kind of made fun of him a little bit with the whole, you know, flirting with everything that moves mm. thing. But he is a cool Jedi, and he has some flaws that are understandable. Avar was one of our favorites for quite a while. I think we kind of well, we're gonna it's talk. been shaky here lately. We're gonna we're gonna have a talk about Avar here before too long. And I also think you know, I I think we should give pro uh, maybe a couple of props to some of our kind of like side characters that we can't really remember, but they were kind of like main characters, like someone we see here again, Affie Hollow. I thought she wasn't too bad yeah. in her in her book and in well, that was into the dark. Um Yeah, Affie and Leox and, are just awesome. I love them both. Yeah, I don't know how I liked Leox in the first book. I think I probably made fun of him. He's fine. He's he's not a bad character. They just kind of write him like Matthew McConaughey and literally in this book, spoiler alert, he does say all right, all right, all right. And then the, yeah. and Mark Thompson loves to ham on that like hard. He knew he uh-huh. knew the assignment. Um Chancy Yaro's daughter is one of my favorites, although I am blanking on I her name. I am too. Unfortunately. And I, and I I pulled her page up here and you, and I was actually trying to stall a bit. Uh, to to figure out uh, who the who that was because I was with you there and of course this page that I'm on is legitimately the worst. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully if you can find that information, you also get a little shout out to so, her girlfriend from one of the books. So, so, because Sylvest- she was Sylvestri cool Yara. Sylvestri, yes. Yes, yeah, so Sylvestri was. Um, was a pretty cool character, and then yeah, her yeah. her girlfriend. Uh, boo. Oh boy, oh, I'll tell you. <clears throat> I mean, eventually, as I scroll down, I'm sure I will <laughs> find it. She had. Uh, uh, she she was. Uh, oh man, I'm like I'm just I'm blanking on her. She was like entire. a ranger for this little. She was she was a part of the Santeca and, uh, clan. Um, yeah. She was like a cousin to the Santecas, I think she said, and. That book they Jor- started. Jordana Sparkburn. There it is. Yeah, so there th- there are a couple of really cool characters. So I will say, before I eviscerate everything known to man in scorched <laughs> earth fashion, I do have to say, like, I think the High Republic has done a decent job of, of bringing us interesting characters. That, and flawed characters. Um, oh, very sure. very much so. Um, that, that, we uh, don't have a... We don't have that Mary Sue problem that everyone complains about. That's for sure. Well, I want to talk about that a little bit too, uh, in this from this book's perspective. But I guess before we get too far into going into this book, and there will be there will be good things. 
there will be bad things, but there sure. will be good things. So I, I want to keep it kind of light. I don't want to, I don't want to get crazy, but I will. Uh, so how was your week? Oh, well, I'm getting over a cold right now. So it's been rough. I've been outside, which doesn't help with that all that much. Kind of mm-hmm. ruined the weekend. Honestly, I just slept all day Saturday and uh, the week's just been kind of a blur so far work and not a whole lot else tomorrow i have a interview for one of my uh boot camps so hopefully that goes well that's at eight very cool discuss schedule financing all that good fun stuff yep so the darth is learning to code (laughs) yes yes i'm going to i i can't even make a star wars joke out of that i'm sorry he's gonna (laughs) program some astromech droids I'm going to help Marky on, you know? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. We'll wear a helmet like Marky on. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. You ever get the feeling Marky on's just like I, low budget Kylo Ren uh, for this generation no, he's of Star t- he's Wars? No, to- he's totally <laughs> Kylo Ren, and I refuse to call him Marky on, Ro. I refuse, and I will not. <laughs> I won't do it. I don't care what the writers say. It just sounds stupid. I mean, it sounds really stupid. It would have been fine if that's how they did it from the beginning. And it looks like Martian to me. And the narrators of the first wave also said Martian. (laughs) It it flows better off the tongue. I'm sorry. Marquion just doesn't work for for me. But again, I think that that's just influenced by the existing audiobooks and stuff. Maybe we should just start calling him Mark. Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Rowe. Marky Mark Rowe. Okay. (laughs) Well, anyway, yeah, week hasn't been too bad. Uh, actually was able to, you know, get out a little bit more, you know, and just like do my walk jogs and all that good stuff because it was a little warmer, a little warmer this week, which was nice. Uh, and then it, and now it's gone. Yeah, it cooled. <laughs> it rained a bit and it cooled right down. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, lots of lots of fun and, and excitement there. Um, I know everybody's just just sad now because there's no more book of Mandalorian and what are we going to do until, until Kenobi wait like two and a half months. Mm -hmm. It's not that far away. (laughs) Not that far away. No, no, no. But, uh, yep. Here get caught up on all the comics that everyone probably hasn't read. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's a tough one. I do kind of wonder if anybody really is reading the comics. Um, even with this book, the because our last episode we did go over High Republic and then the Trail of Shadows, which all kind of converged in this book in a way. Yeah, it's kind of perfect. It's like we set it up on purpose that way. Well, <laughs> well, but to to be honest, I don't remember the release schedule, but I feel like some of these comics were released after the book. I would have to imagine because we're only in issue five of that line now. And that was what issue four The trail. Yeah. But I mean, also the high Republic comic, we went up through issue what 14, I think. Yes. Which, you know, I went to the comic shop. I could have sworn that there was a new high Republic dropping today, but apparently it was just an adventures, which I've stopped buying those i mean i i i never really bought really? them could, in earnest anyway I thought there was one i thought there was one too yeah i'm gonna have next to, month i'm gonna have to look a little bit but this is like two weeks in a row that there hasn't been really anything star wars related on the comic stand so 
Um, I just wait till Han Solo comes out. Mm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, Han Solo. Yep, 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 yep. No movie, but yep, 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 yep. yep I don't yep, think yep, we've yep, really decided or even discussed if we're gonna go over that. I imagine we'll probably at least try the first one. Yeah, we'll probably we'll probably look at it. It might not be bad. I think it's a limited run anyway, so. I think we discussed that. I think it was only a limited run of maybe like five comics or something like that. So we, we might take a look. Mm. But we've still got a couple of books in here. We've got um, <clears throat> stuff I don't remember. There's like one high Rep- one more High Republic book and then uh, Thrawn. And I feel like there was another one or another one coming up or whatever. It doesn't matter. There's more. I think we had an audio drama to do. Didn't I already we? told you that I'm not doing that. Oh, we're not doing I'm that. not That's doing right. that one. Yeah. That was too long ago, and I'm not interested. I mean, if you really want to push me into it, I'll do it, but I, I, I don't. I no, don't no, do sorry. The pause is because I have the, the name of the other High Republic oh, okay. on the tip of my tongue. I'm trying to look it up. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because I, I just heard it. Yeah, on I looked a review at, of this. So. I, I looked at it. Yeah, I looked at the title today, and I can't remember the stupid title. Uh. First, first, something dark or night, midnight horizon, like that. Midnight, midnight horizon, midnight horizon. And well, there's another one too. There's there's a uh, Vernestra book. uh, Now that I'm remembering that, Uh, mission to. I'm looking forward to that. Mission to to uh, disaster. So there there are two High Republic books we haven't read plus Theron. So lot lot of lot of literature. All right. Well, you ready to jump in? To uh, is. the fallen star. <clears throat> okay, it's a nice. Uh, gotta say, just right off the bat, the uh, the cover just spoils the whole thing. <laughs> don't know what they're doing there, but eh. I don't know. I don't know. So I can summarize this book rather quickly. Um, as a matter of fact, it doesn't really even take much to do. Uh, Starlight Beacon gets sabotaged and crashes. People die. Way too easily. (laughs) That's what happened. The entire book was effectively waiting for Starlight Beacon to crash into a planet. Yeah. That was the story. And And the only thing that ever happens outside of that is a very small portion on that planet. Right before and right after where it's like, oh, we're rebuilding. Oh no, now we have to rebuild. Oh wait, no, we don't have to rebuild. Cool. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the book. Um, there was somebody on Goodreads that, you know, we were talking about this before we went on. It was the first review that pulled up for me uh, by a lady named Patricia. Uh, she gave it three out of five stars in her actual rating or in her. Uh, paragraphs of justification she gave it three and a half but you know there's no half stars here and i felt that she really did a good job of um kind of going through a lot of my feelings about this book because plot wise and i think uh we even said it here so one thing here it says hollow at its core So one of the things that I felt like is that this book felt like the War of the Bounty Hunters to me. It felt hollow. It felt like filler. It felt like elongating something 
through multiple POVs that didn't need to happen. And there was no advancement in the overall story, really, um, that there was just nothing to really grab onto. And I'll be 100% on this. I generally, I do the audiobooks. A little tired of Mark Thompson. Just, I, I'm, I'm just going to say that. No offense. Listened to him for years. I think he is overly dramatizing a lot of these books nowadays, and, and I'm a little bored of it. I th- I thought that some of the sound effects, especially when uh, Bell and Buriaga were in that hospital thing, that were really lame. So the audiobook mm-hmm. experience was not necessarily fun as it normally is, uh, but that could be a one-off. But this this I skipped through a lot of it. I skipped through a lot of it because I, I just couldn't get involved in this book. I just couldn't get involved, which is an oddity. Even if I didn't care for a book, I've always given it the time of day, you know, mm-hmm. and the sort of respect to go through it. I couldn't, I just could not fix myself in this story. And, uh, I, I, I just couldn't. I don't know. I don't know what your experience was, but I couldn't. I couldn't uh, get in. Kind, kind of similar. I can tell you, there were at least like two or three instances where I just blanked and stopped listening for like ten minutes. Realized I had stopped listening and didn't go back because, I mean, near near the midpoint of this book, like you said, it gets very repetitive. We're hearing a lot of different points of view that are extremely similar, uh, especially for some of our characters that die, unfortunately, because it should be a really dramatic thing, but you just hear the same thing over and over again. It gets old. And yeah. (laughs) They, They seem to talk a lot about what they should do in this book, but then just never do it. It's like, yeah, they knew what they had to do. We know what we should do. This is bad, but I know what I should do. And it's like, okay, but then do it. Like I, 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 you know, I usually look at Goodreads for book reviews. I don't look at Amazon because we all, unfortunately, Amazon, there's a lot of just unfaithful reviews on Amazon. So I don't think it's a reliable source. Uh, back in the day, Barnes and Noble used to be a good place for real reviews, but it's, it's not. Nobody goes to Barnes and Noble anymore to, to write reviews mm-hmm. because it's largely irrelevant. For most people, unless you have a physical store near you and you want to go. Um, but Goodreads has always been pretty honest. Now, when I looked at the page, like, say, two or three days ago, the rating for this was in the lower threes. Today, as I pulled it back up, it is currently sitting at a 4.14. And that is with 1,961 ratings and 307 actual reviews. So you have people that just go in and click the ratings button without actually writing a review. So that's a pretty dramatic shift in a couple of days' time. Bearing in mind, for a book that was released in the beginning of January. Yeah. Uh, 
kind of makes you wonder if people are more into the comics right now and you see those lead-ups into this, realize what's happening, and then you go to the book. I don't know. Not sure. Not sure, my man. But I, I just, I... And it's Claudia Gray. It's a big release. I mean, anyone into these books is always really excited about anything she does. Well, because she's been so good. Like, she she has been so good, but this book felt almost like it was out of her control. Basically, we have a plan. We have to have a book. We have we, Starlight Beacon has to go down. Just write that. Oh, okay. Let me... Can I write anything? No, no. Just write that. 345 pages. You know, uh, thir- was it 13, 14 hour, 13 hour audiobook? Yeah. 13 and hour it felt audiobook. Every second of that 13 hours to me. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, literally almost the entire time Starlight Beacon was falling. Um, <clears throat> I guess just to give a, a little bit more overview, I suppose. So, Starlight is being towed around the galaxy which is interesting. It's being towed. Cause I think in our last episode, we thought it was like actually like jumping, but it's not, it's yeah. being towed and it's being towed. I don't remember. Do you remember the planet, our planet's name here? Uh, I might be able to find that pretty quickly. I think I had the queen's name pulled up. Okay. Well, while you look, so we had it towed to this planet and they're trying to do work. I mean, they're trying to help. And there's a large amount of, you know, ships that they're bringing in here from disasters caused by the Nihil because Martian's still out there. He's still he's still doing evil stuff. So he does he launches random attacks on several planets. So people are basically massing the Starlight Beacon as this, you know, like the signal of hope sort of deal. And they're doing a lot of repairs, but unbeknownst to the Jedi, there are three IRAM. IRAM. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there we go. Good job. So we're above IRAM. And we have three Nihil saboteurs who are sabotaging the station from the inside out. Um, They have brought some of our levelers, and we learn that there are multiple levelers, and Martian at the end says he knows where to get more. So it's not just one thing. It's not a gas. It's creatures, and there are multiples of them. And this is how we deal with it being more terrifying than the Drengear. I suppose. <laughs> so we have a couple of these running loose in Starlight Beacon, so it's affecting the Jedi. Um, and the Nihil just get around, and they do their thing. In the midst of this, we have you know Leox and the Vessel and Geode and Affy, who are a kind of a part of this whole deal. They're on Starlight. Uh, you know, we have Orla Jereni, we've got Indira Stokes, we've got a pretty, you know, uh, was it Maru? Um, what's the first? Estala Maru. Estala Maru. Obviously, this Bell is... Bell and Biriaga. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ember's there, the little flame dog. Uh, mm-hmm. Stellan Geos at this point has taken over the Marshall Sea or the warden ship or whatever of starlight beacon. And that was in the comics where Avar was going after, uh, who they thought was the eye Lorna D, which she's not, it's Martian. We know that. 
Um, so Stellan, in all of his infinite wisdom, is sort of taking Starlight, but you know he's um, a little closer to these creatures than some of the rest, so he's being super affected throughout the book. Uh, and then finally, after Starlight's or Star, yeah, Starlight Beacon is sort of packed with people. That's when we start to get the sabotage. We have a, you know, what a bomb go off and all this junk and it's falling from the sky and everything and anything is sabotaged, escape pods, thrusters. Apparently we have now tamper proof docks that you can't, that you can't like open except from the outside or some bull crap like that. Everything's my favorite, my favorite tampering of all was how they tricked the communications not to send out an alert signal because, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the alert signal uh, that you would be able to send from your ship was fine, but they were messing with the alert signal that Starlight could send out. They were saying that it was broken, which means you wouldn't be able to use your ship and no one thought to check. So this whole thing could have been avoided. Well, I don't know if it could be avoided because apparently no one can tractor beam this thing and save anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, not not sure about that. Um, it, it it does pl- paint a very bleak picture because again, you have all these ships; they can't get out for some reason. Um, a lot of them are damaged and wouldn't be able to regardless. Yeah, quite a few of them are damaged indeed. Uh, people are trapped in certain sections of the ship. Uh, they can't really move very effectively either. Um, and then eventually, half of Starlight Beacon just breaks away. So mm-hmm. there's that as well. Um, I just don't know what I want to talk about. <laughs> That's kind of my problem going into this. There was some things that were kind of... See, I don't even know if I want to say entertaining, like when they're doing the ship bartering thing and they have like their own little community of people trying to repair their ships yeah, and you uh, get a good little glimpse of Affy at work and that was kind of nice. Anything with Affy was pretty entertaining. Yeah. I like Affy. Yeah, me, so. me and Lil Bit like to do things the old-fashioned way and make our own couplers, you know? I mean, how we're doing that, I don't know. It's not like we have a forge or anything, but, you know, we just like to get our tools out and, like, spread them all out on the floor and just, you know, just work on things. Lay like Lay in a circle and, you know, and you know, we just figure it out, man. Way, you know? It's only got to work once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um... I'm old-fashioned because I like parachutes, man. I don't, I don't trust those thrusters. They've been around for thousands of years that are brand new. I, I like a parachute. Yeah, parachutes are really cool. I also have, you know, exactly one thermal grenade. You, you never know quite when that <laughs> thing's going to come in handy, but, boy, oh, boy, like when you need that thing, it's up real here. You got to count to three, not two, not four, man. Yeah, when you take the pin out, you know, the holy hand grenade, you got, I mean, it, it counteth, counteth to three, but not four and not two. Yeah, it, man, Leox. <laughs> um, dude, I don't know how I want to do this. I, I, I guess, I guess if there was anything in here, I'd kind of like to talk about maybe Elzar a bit. Okay. <clears throat> 
because we're we're kind of setting up Elzar as oh. so we we do actually get a scene outside of Starlight. So, it's yeah. Elzar's little kind of training thing. A little bit. Don't know the planet name. Yeah, I mean like a, yeah. a, a little bit of that. Yeah, but like Elzar is kind of being set up as maybe kind of like the savior guy now in a way. Um, and his whole story's the dark been savior kind of yeah, but his whole story's been pretty messed up. Because he's kind of a messed up guy, but he does go on a retreat with Orla Jereni. And what do they do? I want you to go do a handstand in the water, but like, don't move. For like an hour. Yeah, I mean, like, don't move time and don't breath drown. With, time your breath with the shore. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, okay, I get it. The meditation techniques and, you know, utilizing the force not just going with the flow but you know kind of understanding the water and then pushing back again like holding resolute not pushing back but holding your own type of deal yeah plus i like orla jereni so her teachings are pretty entertaining she's got a little bit of a i don't know a sassy sarcastic vibe to her so yeah yeah quite a bit now the only thing that was kind of interesting so orla is only a little older than elzar apparently and she's i mean she's a way seeker so she's not really like affiliated with the jedi anymore so to speak i mean we got that in the books and so forth but you know at, at first i was like so what exactly is she supposed to be teaching elzar ultimately though she kind of becomes his inner voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a bit of Stellan's near the end, too. True. Exactly. Now, because like Bell, Bell has his inner load and great storm, right? Which, mm-hmm. which has serviced him. So now we kind of have a little inner monologue uh, with Orla and, and Elzar, which is, which is good. Uh, and he's going to need that inner monologue because she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's dead. Yeah. You know who else is dead? All like ev- everyone you liked. <laughs> <laughs> no, not everyone, but I mean, a decent amount of people. Estella Maru it's, dead. Uh d- d- I'm clicking through the, the funny guy. <laughs> I sh- yeah, hold on. I have a page for this for the details, you know. Uh d- uh 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 uh, Ch- Ch- uh Chancey Yarrow, she she was uh she was cut in half. Uh Buriaga m- maybe uh the Nibisik is definitely dead. Nibisik, she's she's dead. Uh Reginald Cole, he he's he was funny for a bit, but he's dead. Uh <laughs> not laughing now. <laughs> God. The saboteurs, uh Kale Lael and and where what? Where where off? Where yeah okay I, I can't well dead <laughs> definitely dead. Coley Lynn who was just kind of a uh, a dick dead he, by rock. He's he's dead. Yeah he he tried to shoot a rock and, and now he's dead. Uh, uh, Stellan Geos he's dead too. Uh, what? Stellan Geos is dead. Yeah he's dead. He's dead man because yeah. apparently a robot can't take controls. <sighs> Nor can Avar take control with the use of the. The song. All right. Well, you just uh, you just said the name, the magic word of the day, Avar Chris, who is nowhere really to be seen in this book. Nothing. The whole freaking book. I don't like that they shunted her to the comics, and even shunning her to the comics, it's been so small because we've been we've been following Keeve, 
who is great, yeah. but we're not follow. Th- there's no following of Avar Chris. Like even to the point where we fight Avar yeah. and bring her back to the light side. When are we going to get Keith a dedicated Avar, right? Avar Chris book? Like just Avar. God, I hope the next book is that. I mean, the look, it's cool if it's like her and Elzar or something, but we have to get some point of view from Avar Chris. I am so tired of of not of just like almost putting her up on a pedestal and doing nothing with her. I don't like it. We've already ruined Stella well, you Geos. Essentially, you essentially, in a way, replace the Grand Master with Avar in our first book after she's killed, and then nothing happens after. It's just she runs Starlight. Now Starlight's gone. Oh, she left Starlight just in time for it to be destroyed. Well, uh. and, and granted, yes, she was a big part of the first book. I'm with you. But, like, when are we going to get... I thought Avar was going to be the main focus of this series. She yeah. was like the front of the book. Like she was the front of all the promotional stuff. It's like that one with the tiara thing. That one, she's going to be the, the main character, right? No. You would think so. I mean, not really. Because they made everyone else so bland other than her. No one stood out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. So Avar makes a short appearance which we saw in the comics and then goes away and then we see her at the end when her and Elzar give each other hugs and he's he's gonna tell her how he chopped a woman in half but he doesn't did you notice that yeah I'm gonna tell her she's the only one oh you want a hug sick yeah this is nice we'll just stop with this I already told Stellan yeah. And he's dead now, so no one needs to know. And he's dead now. No one needs to know. Technically, 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 Elzar killed Stellan. If you think about it. <laughs> Just like in the same way you could argue that Bell killed Biriaga. I wouldn't say yeah. that. Um, ah, come on. He released all the little creature things. Okay, like, hey. yeah, I guess. He led to it. <laughs> So we did mention uh, Chancey Yarrow getting cut in half, and that was that was Elzar's work. Um, so N- Nan and Chancey, who ran off together, kind of doing their pseudo mother daughter thing, um, were captured. Which I didn't like what was that? Wh- which I didn't like. Really? Uh, yeah. I did. I didn't enjoy their relationship. I didn't really care it about w- Chancey Yarrow all that much. I mean. Yeah, she was okay, but I didn't really care. I can't decide if I like Nan yet. See, I actually do. She, she's, she's Part like of me wants to. She's like a free. She's just a very free person. She's kind of a well. She isn't like a nihilist, a nihilist. <laughs> but she, she's, she's a nihilist. She's an anarchist. No, no, you said right the first time. Yeah, well, she. Nile. She no. She lives by her own code. She wants to live by her own code, but I think at the end of the day, she knows that she's not truly free. Um, but she she continues to fight against that idea. To having someone to fight for, essentially, yeah. you know, look for that. It's just the problem is it kind of gets to that cult status a bit near the end, where it's like this group basically just. It was accepting your death as collateral, but you still want to fight for them near. Well, she. The end. I don't. Well, know. she really didn't, though. In, in the in the grand scheme of things, they kind of did, but they broke them out. 
are, are saboteurs, by the way. But then at the same time, at the end of the book, she goes her own way. She has a ship. Well, she steals old, uh, what was it, Coley's ship, the, the Ace of Staves. Yeah. The Ace of yeah. Staves. Get a little motorhead going on there. That'd be fun. Um, so she's got a ship now. And, and granted, we're going to see her again. Um, oh, yeah. But we didn't get any more interaction with like Wreath. You know, because like that was kind of like the wreath thing, wreath Silas's thing. Uh, maybe I think that was kind of a missed opportunity, not having wreath in this to interact with her. Yeah, give each other kisses. Um, but I, I, I didn't mind her. But the, the whole thing is, is that Elzar just automatically made a snap judgment and said, "Well, they're evil. They're Nihil. They're, they're trying to." Sabotage that they were the ones behind this, and just you know, cuts her in half. Wasn't already, what wasn't already sabotaged? (laughs) Yeah, he didn't. He didn't think it through, and and this is the problem. And I I think this is what could make Elzar interesting. But again, you have to sit down and go through it intelligently. If you want to explore Elzar, man, you have to eventually. Explore, explore Elzar man Elzar like man. hold for a second on the overarching story and give us the story of Elzar man which would in my opinion involve a lot of Avar Chris like yeah, ha- I think they need to have a buddy cop book basically where they have some mission together and they can both develop you know one thing that kind of makes me more interested in Elzar did you notice compared to every other force user he didn't necessarily become a basket case when the creatures are around he got violent yeah the, the, there were a couple of different reactions elzar was one that didn't necessarily succumb as much and then we also had indira stokes or also got a bit violent too yeah or orla or was that orla i think was a little bit more conscious of mm-hmm. everything before she was Which I didn't like, but you know she uh, Gray is is George Double R Martining here, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Orla had a little bit of a different because like uh, uh, what was our what was our funny guy's name, Reginald? Yeah, Call. He he just we just heard him scream, "Help me!" He just panicked. Yeah, he basically. he panicked. Now the other interesting thing is Indira Stokes. So Indira, who is Bell's new master, Indira is in a coma for the majority of the book after her encounter. Now, two things. It seems like the great levelers or the levelers are kind of feeding off of maybe life force of Jedi. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say so. And maybe the reason why she was in quotation spared is because the leveler was full because he already got some call. It's like, man, this guy was funny. I'm just, I'm so stuffed right now, guys. Like, uh, just, just, just coma. I'll be back for you later (laughs) when I want a little snack. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. And I, I don't want to jump too far into this philosophy, but I don't really like the idea of the levelers because why do they only stop at absorbing the life force of the Jedi? 
Because you can't mm. make the logical assumption it's because they're force users, because with that logic, then they'd be feeding on the force itself and weakening mm. the force, not your connection to it. And clearly, it's affecting the Jedi, not the force. Yeah, so true. So why are they able to only feed on Jedi? Why do they turn them to these husks in the process? Mm. Yeah, I don't think I that don't they know. attacked any of the normal people did they no unless they just didn't feel the need to mention it and we really didn't even get a good idea of like are these force entities are they dark side entities are they spirits are they physical beings right right because a lot of people are painting them as these like almost dog creatures with the theory channels and like posts on reddit and whatnot mm-hmm. I, I would kind of lean towards that but we don't get anything and we're already this far into phase one i mean essentially at the end of phase one and we have no idea what these are all we know yep. now is there's multiple well y- that's it you know what i think would have been kind of cool is if you know to make stellan's death mean a little bit more um maybe as he's going at this okay let me back up just a little bit. So everything has to have a little bit of hope in it or you lose interest because nobody likes, nobody really enjoys nihilism. They just, it's, it's the absence of hope. And when that happens, it becomes just dull because people like hope. They, they do. Uh, Even, even the most emo of people still have days where they want to hope. They, they, they want to hope in something, even if it's just music or, or whatever, something that keeps the, the balance, so to speak. So Which we don't get in this book, really. No, not really. Exactly. So my thing is, is if, it, if just me spitballing, not a writer, not qualified or whatever, but what would have been kind of neat is if, if there was a confrontation with Stellan towards the end here where he was kind of able to break free of the psychosis and maybe maybe cut one down and we get a view of it like give us something that we can sink our teeth into like are these truly all powerful entities that we can never defeat or are they something that maybe maybe like f- f- again you kind of set up elzar here maybe elzar can learn how to defeat them like say stellan did give stellan a moment because here's the thing stellan didn't get a he moment didn't get a here. moment and, and look, I get what the moment was supposed to be. The whole deal was is Starlight, without being like at the controls, would have hit uh, the city, one of the cities. So instead, Stellan's pointing it, which could have been done by an automated system. I don't care what you say. It could have been done or tie some rubber bands to the controls or whatever. You could have manual, like automatedly directed this thing. And I, I sorry. I don't want to be too like realistic or whatever, but that the ending was kind of lame, but look, I understand the whole thing was he was sacrificing himself for the greater good, but it didn't mean anything to me because we didn't really get a a true Stellan Geos moment. Everything was Stellan felt so hollow to me. He couldn't make a, an adequate force bubble to protect people from the gas cloud in our, in, in, into the, or, uh, whatever the, the fair book. He, he, he was constantly weakened 
by his surroundings, by everything around him, and now by the levelers. And it would have been nice to have just seen one scene where he just overcame, overcame maybe his own predilections, maybe, maybe just a physical form of the leveler. I think that that would have meant a lot more to see him go down in true flames, not just down in flames. Yeah, I would agree. And also that stupid robot in this book kind of ruins even that sacrifice because he makes a comment, uh, about 12 people would die. And of course, we yeah. can talk all day about this, but Stellan's comment is that's still too many. Sure. It makes the scale of this book so small. And again, this is going to trigger some people. I don't care. It's a fictional story. He, sacri- he sacrificed himself for 12 people. Essentially. Not a, not a full bustling city. Not the fate of the Jedi. Yes, was it a noble sacrifice? Of course it is. That's sure. the whole point of it. But it, it almost felt like Stellan still doing what everyone expected Stellan to do, which is something they touched on this in this book early on yeah. and how he was trying to work on it. It kind of gave you some hope that maybe he would break out and become his own man, be the Jedi that he always wanted to be, even though he didn't know what that was. A teacher. At the time. He wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. That was what he wanted to do. But that was honestly, he probably should have gotten Bell. He probably should have been the one teaching Bell. Because <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing against uh Indira. Stokes, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think it would have been interesting to see him pair up with Bell a little bit. And I think through Bell, you could have wrote a story where through Bell he becomes better because of Bell. Mm-hmm. You could have made that a very poignant story. Um, but instead, we sacrifice Stellan Geos on the altar of nothing. Nothing, really. And that robot, first of all, this is part of the reason why I'm kind of getting done with Mark Thompson. Some of his voices are just not, they're not appropriate. They're over the top. Uh, I did, Way too over the top. Yeah, I didn't really care for this robot, like, at all. Um, and the thing is, is like, it is a robot. If a robot with presumably metal arms cannot hold these controls, then what are we doing? Oh, well, my, the arms are made for fine stuff. Not like holding controls. Like what, what the hell was that? They're controls. They are controls. It's not like they're making this out to be like, he's holding a, door closed or something like he's got a giant lever that only he can pull pull the lever Stellan what how does how does this robot like operate anything how does it get through the station if it can't if it can't hold these level levers it probably can't push a button it can't do anything it waits at every door for somebody to go through first I don't yeah I don't know I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't like it. It was weird. And I'm just, it, it felt lazy. And, and look, let's talk briefly about this stupid cargo bay. We can't open doors. We can't, we, we can't just open doors normally anymore. Are we? 
I, Every argument had so many holes in it. The whole argument that, you know, they couldn't open the door with the force because that would require them to hold down the ships and this and that. Okay, first off, let the ships that aren't operable float into space. They're going to be destroyed. There's there's the first bit fixed. Let the ships that are operable reverse thrust and take care of themselves. There's your second issue taken care of. We have ways of breathing in outer space in this universe. It's been made very clear. So only have the Jedi, who are using the Force, out in this vacuum, strap them into something to open the door and then close it again. Or here's a thought. Keep them in one of the ships. Yeah. And you're telling then you have no issue. You're telling me that you cannot tether these ships down with, like, technology. Like, yeah. you can't bolt them in, to the in, floor. In, in the most advanced station meant for this kind of thing ever made. And why is it only the outer door can be open, not the inner door? Or, I'm sorry, am I getting that mixed up? Dude, I don't... The inner door could be open, but not know. the outer. And they were making an argument on how they needed to do it. It's like, well, you get to the outer door, it doesn't matter anyway. I, I didn't really understand that. And then, like, one bay you could open, but the other bay you couldn't. So some ships got away, but other ships got... And then we had this Leox moment where he he had to go outside of the station to, like, push a button. So you're telling me that yeah. you... You that have some, buttons outside the station? Yeah, that some engineer who formerly worked for Chrysler decided to put a button on the outside of a space station? Like, am I getting this wrong? Did I just, like, make this up? And then, If you are, if you are, then apparently I'm drinking the same Kool-Aid you are. Look, let's <laughs> talk about this parachute thing, too. I understand Leox likes to do things the old-fashioned way, but first... first There weren't any parachutes in this first universe. Come on. First and foremost... <laughs> He is essentially strapped to the side of a falling space station. Okay? I don't know everything about parachuting, but what about debris? What mm -hmm. about the flipping space? How does he detach and get away from the space station? What about terminal yeah. velocity? How strong yeah. is this parachute? Like, there's something about Are that that just screams BS to me. Have we already broken through the atmosphere at this point, even? Apparently. <laughs> I don't know. No, he jumped from space and just mildly floated down with a slight burn on his backside. I don't know. I, I feel like they just decided last minute, you know, too many deaths. Don't kill not, off Leox. Or, not or, again. None. Or, hey, hey, Claudia. I, I need him for this book. Don't do that. <laughs> Look, I, I know this all sounds like hypercritical and stuff, but like it doesn't all make a ton of sense. Like the, some of the explanations for, for this stuff. And again, well, well, the problem is like they set this thing up where it's like this space station has to fall. There's no option. It has to fall. Yeah. But now we've put too many characters in this space station that could fix it. So now we need to spend the entirety of the book figuring out why they can't fix it. Yeah. 
Well, and you're not just you're not just talking about the Jedi. You're talking about all these pilots, people who work on their ships all the time. Like some of these ships are their livelihood, so they have to do maintenance. You're telling me that a space station full of these people, and look, Starlight Beacon is not like a tiny thing. It's a relatively big space station with lots of rooms and stuff. You're telling me that none of these people could come up with a creative solution to either stop Starlight Beacon or get everyone out in time with no real loss of life aside from like levelers sucking your souls. You're telling me that that couldn't happen? I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that. And on top of that, not only do we have to deal with the levelers, we have to deal with these stupid tentacle Rathtars. Cthulhu creatures. Yeah, the Rathtars, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which are largely who unstoppable. Who, who essentially uh, breed by... Uh, division. <laughs> well, we—I mean, we—we we saw them in. Um, was it last? No, no, no. It was Force Awakens. So Force Awakens Solo was transporting Rathtars. Mm-hmm. So we—I mean, we've seen Rathtars before, and they—they're just like literal killing machines. They're one of the most dangerous creatures out there. Um, they—they <clears throat> they really kind of looked at them rather flippantly in this book. Yeah, but yeah. So except for uh, was it was it Orla Jereni that was all freaked out about them being on the station? One Jedi actually cared. The rest <laughs> of them were like, "Oh yeah, hey look, Raptors." Well, the the other thing too about like some of these Jedi, you had you had Reginald Call get husked, and we know what that is. Like we saw it happen to Loden, Great Storm, and then they just kind of go about their business. They just don't, mm-hmm. it's like you, you would think, cause I mean like bell, I think it was bell who was like super into like, we've got to figure this out guy. And even Orla too, I think, but everybody was just like, Oh yeah. I mean, it's like a disturbance in the force and we should totally just not do anything about it. What? Yeah. And I hate how there's this division between the Padawans, the Knights and the masters here, because like throughout the whole thing, it's like, Bell and Biriaga are like, oh, well, maybe it's just us. You know, we're we're just yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're stressed out and we can't commune with the force. It's our problem. And then none of the masters actually want to admit there's a problem. <sighs> yeah. Like, why wouldn't you acknowledge it? It it it, in a weird way, it kind of reminds you of the clouding of the inside of the Jedi in uh, the prequels. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just like you all know something is happening around you. You all feel it, and every once in a while you'll make little comments, but none of you want to take the time to figure this out. Which could have been like one of the you know one of the effects of the things just sapping the will. I guess you could kind of frame it like that. I suppose. So but the problem is you're making a creature that is so Jedi proof that it almost ruins the story. Kind of. Let's, if you don't mind, let's let's sort of shift here. And I want to ask you: so, is is Martian Rowe the big bad guy that we need? <laughs> We've certainly asked this before, and I don't, I don't think Martian Rowe's a big baddie. I think he's just in a universe full of weaklings. 
truthfully. Put him up against the clone army. See how the Nihil fare. Honestly. You think they'd do well? Well, You think they'd survive? You got to think about one thing. There would be a technological jump. Just bear that in mind. There is a technological jump. So give them the same advantages. Just level the playing field, you know. Put them on the exact same level. Do they really have the numbers to deal with a droid army, an well, actual a, a republic with a true army? Well, who the, the who, thing that we go back to over and over again? Well, who knows? Because it just seems like Nihil just come out of the the ether. You know, it's just we're we're just yeah. we're just bringing new Nihil into the the fold the whole time. So who who the heck knows? Well, I think at one point all the Nihil could like be aboard the gaze electric and maybe three other flagships and that's all the nihil but we, we in one area yeah we just keep and now it's like oh we rented a planet yeah we we rented yeah. a planet to party on yeah it, it it seems like the numbers just fluctuate depending on who's writing the book it, that is a little strange and even in this book you know we have we see martian kind of systematically tearing down his own ship you know sending people to different places and and doing all this weird stuff. And even at the end, when he declares himself the master of the universe, he's like, you know, this is, this is mine. The world is mine. Mm -hmm. The world is mine, you know, and um, setting himself above the Nihil, which I guess could be a plot point later on. Uh, Like replacing them with droids and yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did get some droids. Yeah, he's got his assistant and um, the what was she like a senator? The was she a Staros? Uh, yes. Was she a Staros? Uh, whatever the senator girl. I don't know. It, uh, yes, I hate her. <laughs> She's a stupid character. Well, I mean, Martian doesn't even like her. You know, she's like, you're just you suck. You suck so yeah. bad, you coward. Come on, do something. Be evil. <laughs> like, you don't want to get my hollow vid as I announce my Hitleristic intentions of controlling everything? Okay. I, I did love I did love the comments. Like, <laughs> now they're going to analyze her voice and figure her out and ruin her career. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of yeah, I guess. Comical, it, childish for the situation at hand. Yeah. Did you feel like for a second when he hosted his, like, planet party they was just gonna kill all the nile and just like replace them with robots i could see that yeah yeah i don't i just don't see martian as being all that scary and i think the reason is because we've seen him be such a fool in the other books and we also are like you know with a couple of really good republic ships like I mean, these attacks would have been averted. Like, he, he would be dead, man. Yeah. Or, like, any Jedi Force whatsoever. It's not like he can fight them. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just like the Republic is so weak and the Jedi are, are so unfocused that, like, they, they just can't get their heads out of their own butts, you know? It, it's like if, if the Republic got their head out of their backside, I mean, Martian would be done. Presumably. I don't know. I'm almost starting to wonder if these Jedi are worse than prequel error. Oh, they're, era they're, Jedi. they're definitely worse. They have yeah. zero confidence. Like, yeah. n- not 
not one of them has enough confidence to to do anything with. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's like it's like what's what's the point? I mean, think of our big three in the prequels. We've got Yoda, Mace, and we've got Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. And you compare them to Avar, Elzar, and Stellan. <laughs> in, in this situation, what would they have done differently? You know, I mean, Mace would have said everything. M- Mace would have said MFR and just started cutting people. Yeah, those Raftars would have all been dealt with. I can tell you that much. I don't want to diminish the Raftars, but I think he would have just—I think he would just start cutting people like left and right. This is my cutting blade. Just Mace Windu takes on the entire night. <laughs> By the way, I do want to know just bringing up the Raftars, and yes, they are terrifying. I get that, but what was the best case scenario for bell looking through those containers marked raftars no heck i don't know man what 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 was going to happen what what would have been good about that well even the whole reaction to the raftar thing just sort of seemed off putting like they're just like they they're just oh yeah there's raftars like don't don't get eaten oh okay what yeah, there, there's there's like mythical force eating creatures and Rathars, and we're still just chilling. Doesn't make any sense, bro. I'm telling you, it's like it's <clears throat> they're trying to compete with the Dragon Gear so hard in this book. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> let's try and get some good out of this. What are what are some of your favorite parts of the book? <laughs> Wow. Um, I did like the training sequence with Elzar at the beginning. That's all right. I did appreciate that. Again, anything with Affy, I liked. They, the supporting characters, although the Jedi are bumbling around like idiots throughout this book, are really good. Even Chansey, to an extent, even though I don't like her all that much, and, and Nan and everything are really cool. Um, you know, we get our little low-grade little army trying to escape with, um, what's, what's our annoying dude that really hates Leox that gets shot? Coley something. <laughs> Coley, yeah. Our little interactions with him and trying to, like, start a mutiny was kind of cool. Uh... Uh, honestly, Elzar was the main point for me in this book, though. I mean, his his kind of almost transformation into a completely different Jedi, in a way, from start to finish. Although, you could argue he doesn't end in a good place. He does have a transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I guess those are good things, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, there's just not a lot of high points in this book for me. Yeah, look, <laughs> the, the the book itself strung out something that didn't need to be strung out as much as it did. It didn't particularly scream 
anything in particular. It just felt like a passage of time. That's all it felt like to me. We didn't push anything forward, really. And I know they're trying really hard with Martian, Rao. I get it. I think he's a weak character. I just do. I think we've seen him be this weak little kid, and that's all I see him as. I see him as a weak little kid. He's not scary. Mm -hmm. Even if he were literally stabbing me right now, I would kind of be like, oh, he stabbed me. I mean, what? It's like, I guess. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're cool. You're killing me. Oh, no. Um, But we we haven't really advanced anything. And even with Elzar, we kind of set him right back to where he was in the last book. He's freaking out, man. Kind of wish we would have gotten Lorna D as our main baddie. Wish she would have killed off Marcion and took over. Well, I kind of thought that was something that they might have been trying to, because it was Lorna and then that other guy, the, the the guy that he poisoned, but Lorna saved him. Like, we haven't heard yeah. from him in a while, have we? Is He He isn't dead, right? I'm pretty sure he's dead. I, I didn't think they killed him. I thought Lorna kind Either of that like... that or they exiled or, or something. Yeah, I thought Lorna saved him and then, like, he just kind of went off to heal or whatever, gotten back to Tang. Could mm-hmm. be wrong. Don't even remember his I name. I thought he died in a space battle. I don't, don't even remember his name. So yeah. that's how much I care. Um, but yeah, the the book itself, it just it just wasn't wasn't one of my favorites. So wanna just hit the rating. Yeah. Give it a rating. What do you got? What do you got? I think I'm gonna go with like a three point six on this. Slightly higher than uh, Patricia, but not much. <laughs> okay. You know, it was very repetitive. We had too many points of view. It, it was at the point where I don't even know who we were truly following in this book as a main character. I couldn't tell you if it was Elzar or Stellan. Truly couldn't. Yeah. Avar is barely in it. These Jedi don't want to communicate with each other. They don't want to admit they're having issues. The only one willing to admit it dies first. Yep. (laughs) And I don't know. I I almost feel like they padded the book with the amount of death they put in it. Because this book would have been extremely boring otherwise had we not lost some people. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I feel like they used it as a tool and they just randomly pick some characters more than actually planning this out through the entire phase. And I I just don't know where you go from here, honestly. Yep. I don't see who rallies the Jedi at this point, mm-hmm. unless Yoda comes back. <laughs> I mean, really, who's going to rally them? Yep. We have no strong characters. Everyone's broken. It's like Bell's the most competent Jedi of the Order right now. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, solid three point six. Okay, um, <clears throat> book was pointless. It it didn't have any anything to say. Um, it tried to say things, but it wasn't very eloquently done. Uh, it, it didn't advance anything, and it just felt like instead of um, just trying to make a very succinct story. We're just stretching it. 
We're, we're going to stretch this as much as we can. For what reason? We don't know yet. Um, I think that, you know, because we did hear Yoda's voice like once or twice in this book is kind of like a flashbacky thing. I think eventually you have to get Yoda in there as a rallying point. Um, I think we'll probably lose Elzar at some point, probably dark side stuff. Maybe you can have a showdown between him and Avar, which I don't think I, I, I don't know if that would be good or not. I'm not quite sure if I like that or not. Could be wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, th this book uh, took a long time to say nothing. And if, you know, your main thing is Starlight Beacon is, is down, so what? I mean, no offense, but so what? It, I didn't care about that space station. And I think that this book tried to hang its hat on strong characters, and that's it. And it just wound up being a book of a bunch of characters not really knowing what to do, despite the fact that they should. Um, you can blame that on the creatures or not, but not everybody in this book was a Force user. So it just seemed kind of a bit of a, ped a pedestrian effort, which sucks because generally I like Claudia Gray's writings. I just think that it, it fell flat, flat for me, completely flat. Like I said, I couldn't even, I couldn't get into the story. I couldn't get into it. I couldn't pay attention enough and it just, it didn't captivate it uh, for me at all. So for me, I'm probably going to say a 2.8 and that's the best I can. That's the best I can do. Damn. <laughs> I will never read this book again. I will never feel the need to read the book again. I will never want to read the book again. I won't reference it probably ever again. And more than likely, I will forget about it. It was just not not my cup of tea. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we mentioned earlier the Goodreads ratings seem to have went up, uh, which is you know good for the overall, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I, I think if you actually start to read some of the ratings, it paints a different picture. You know, normally a lot of these five-star ratings are very short. They're very short. But it's the, the ones who give it lower ratings are actually, in my opinion, doing a pretty good job of, like, explaining why they feel this way. And a lot of these people are even on here saying, it's like, I hate giving bad reviews. I hate being this way. A couple of them, you know, that I read were even like, yeah, we like Claudia Gray. There was even one in here that suggested maybe Ray Car uh, was it Carl Carson, Ray Carson, Carlson, Carson. I think it's Ray Carson should have maybe been given a swing at here instead of Claudia. And it's like, who hmm. that's uh that's not a good, Ooh. that's, that's not a good thing. Uh, and no, no offense to Ray that that's completely different. But taking somebody who we kind of viewed as a juggernaut, at least in the new canon of Star Wars, it feels like a step back. And I think it was just a filler book, and I don't like filler. I don't like filler at all. you, you got to move the story, and if you're not going to move the story, then don't write the book. Yeah, and I honestly would have liked to, see, the, to have seen Claudia do a Avar. This could have been a short instead. story. This could have been a short story and a collection this of short stories. Honestly, if they had dialed back the violence, this could have been a young adult's novel. Yeah, I suppose. Too, for that matter. And by the way, don't want to keep, you know, dragging this out, but 
the ending is probably the most stupid victory ending I have ever seen in a Star Wars book. Oh no, we completely failed and let Starlight fall. We lost so many people and the Nihil are just killing us. We have no idea what to do. But you know what we can do? We can all work together to move a water filter station five inches to the right. Yeah, that, I mean, I understand what they were trying to do with that because it's like even in disaster, you still can have hope type of deal. But it did seem a little bit like, okay, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a thing. It's like, yeah, you couldn't move that, but you couldn't move controls four inches to the right and save... Stellan Geos. Stop it. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right. We gotta we gotta not we gotta stop. It's it's kind of been a negative podcast, unfortunately. Um I don't like negative podcasts, but we decided to read the book. <laughs> and it just wasn't Did you rate did you rate that worse than the last Alphabet Squadron? Yes, this I think is probably the worst rating <laughs> I've ever given. Wow. Well, at least at least Alphabet at least Alphabet Squadron told a story. It might not have been my favorite story, but it was a story. This is filler. This wasn't yeah. a story. It was a it was it, this would have been for me. You could have condensed this into a short story format and put it in a compilation book of short stories of the High Republic. That's what it could have been. It could have been a comic. We've even said this. If they would have just switched up the lines and made like the fall, the fall of Starlight Beacon could have been like a five comic arc. Dead serious. Yeah. Could have just been a comic arc and we could have gotten real Drengear books. Yeah, and it also might have been better as a comic, at least for like the death scenes. It would have been a little more dramatic well, we, to see it. We've said this the whole time. The Nihil, at least to me, lend itself better to the comics. The Drengear seemed better. In a, I mean... Could you imagine, like, the Marshal of Starlight Beacon, Avar Chris, going up against the main Drengear thing in a book? I mean, that would have been epic. But no, we got it in a comic. It was dealt with in one comic. Oh, and (laughs) I keep remembering things now. We get a reference to our little uh, Jedi nursery rhyme thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the creature. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And that, that's like the most interesting thing that happened with these creatures. It's just that they're acknowledging that now. Yeah, whatever. And, it, and what doesn't make sense is like you make it seem like it's an entity because of that. But then it's just a race of creatures. Yeah, who knows? Like, what is I, it? I don't know. We, we need to, we need I, to cut it off. It's, yeah. I think we've beaten this one to death. So anyway, what else do we have to talk about? Anything else? Uh no. <laughs> okay. Well, folks, uh, I know this one was a bit of a negative podcast, but sometimes that does happen. We're not going to lie about these sort of things if we don't it was care a for negative them. experience reading it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, we've been pretty complimentary of most stuff. Can't like everything. And that's just a reality, but love to hear your opinions on it. What were your thoughts? Uh, if Patricia's out there and she wants to comment on her review that we mentioned, you know, she's out there listening. You know, or if she's mad that we called her out because now she's going to get hate on Goodreads. I, I think she wrote a really <laughs> well-balanced uh, and well-articulated several paragraphs of explanations, so I don't think there's anything to bash on that. But anyway, uh, yeah, 
if uh, if any of you would like to share your opinions, obviously you can follow us on Twitter at TC Plan Podcast. Facebook's out there, kind of. Um, or just send us an email to tcplanpodcast at gmail.com and we'll, you know, we'd love to hear your theories, even if it's, if it's just bashing us for being, you know, Star Wars haters or gatekeepers or something, you know, we, we, you know, we'd like to hear from you. I mean, I might not read that on the podcast, but you know, at least I'll, I'll look at it. But anyway, I'll, I'll acknowledge its existence. I'll acknowledge its existence. It. Exactly. So anyway, folks, uh, you know, I think that's going to be the wrap for this week. So y'all have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the force be with you. <laughs>